Welcome to The Greek Current, a podcast by Halk and Kathy Merini. I'm your host, Thanos Davelis. One of the key figures that captured the hardship of the decade-long economic crisis in Greece was the unemployment rate, which peaked at 28% in the summer of 2013. Today, the latest statistics show that Greece's unemployment rate has fallen below 10% for the first time since the onset of the crisis. Yanis Mouzakis, the co-founder and editor of Macropolis.gr, a political and economic analysis site that focuses on Greece, joins me to break down how Greece brought down its unemployment rate and how it can keep this momentum going. Yanis, great to have you on with us today. Hi, Thanos. Thank you for having me. Yanis, at the height of the crisis, Greece's unemployment rate topped 28%. Today, as we've mentioned, it's once again below 10%. Is this the latest sign that the crisis years are moving firmly into the rearview mirror? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's worth noting when we're discussing the issue of unemployment is that this has been a very long and painful road for the Greek economy and for the labor market as well. Because as you said, the crisis started, officially kicked off in the spring of 2010 when we signed the first program. And it only took three years to lose around 1.6 million jobs in a labor market, which is around you know, 4.5, 4.6 million. And then from the summer of 2013, it took us 10 years to actually get to the point that we were back in 2010. So it's been a very long and painful process. Without a doubt, the fact that over the last, you know, five, six years, especially through the, um, you know, the term of the current government, the economy, despite the effects of the pandemic, it has managed to to cover that final stretch and bring the unemployment below 10% is definitely a sign that the chapter of the debt crisis as we know it, we can probably say that we have left it behind us. And this was also confirmed by the recent credit rating upgrades, which basically sealed that you know Greece is no more in the naughty step of the Eurozone and there's a sense of normality. At the same time, we have to say that now probably the hardest part is starting in order to bring the unemployment rate you know well below the 10% threshold because as we wrote also in the in the piece that we did recently based on the characteristics of the economy the jobs that you would have expected to have recovered and most of them are related to the you know the tourism industry accommodation and catering manufacturing and the retail and wholesale they have covered most of the ground that they had lost through the decade-long debt crisis. So now other factors will come into play in order to push the rate even further lower. Yanni, I'd like to take a closer look at how Greece managed to accomplish this. You know, how does it add close to 750,000 jobs back into the market over this 10-year period from 2013 to today? If we look at the, at the data and the, for the piece that we did, we use quarterly data, which is a little bit more granular. And the main difference with the monthly data is that it's not seasonally adjusted, but more or less they capture the same picture. You can see that the majority of the jobs that were added since the low of 2013 is coming from uh, accommodation and catering. And this is because tourism is one of the leading industries in Greece. And as you would expect, when we left the crisis behind us in 2011, 2012, which was probably the peak years, 
and more normal you know, social and economic conditions prevailed gradually since we were you know, leaving this period behind us. The tourism industry was uh, making one record after the other, even up to the summer of 2019, and most likely we're going to break it this year. So it's natural to expect that these jobs around this industry were the first ones to recover as the uh, you know, economy was picking up pace again. Another sector, as you would expect, is also uh, manufacturing, because Greek exports have grown at a steady pace since the depths of the crisis in 2011-2012. And we have also had a good chunk of jobs coming from uh, retail and wholesale because the pressures of the disposable income in, in 10, 11, and 12, and up to 2013 started being gradually released in the subsequent years. So more spending led to more jobs in those industries. Also, we had a good chunk of the jobs coming in the health industry most likely this has to do with the pandemic in, in 2020. And a characteristic of, as we also described in the piece, was that there is a serious shortfall of construction jobs. Although the last couple of years, especially thanks to the Golden Visa Scheme, we had a serious recovery in prices and in the property market overall, construction remains low. And also construction, the last, probably the last couple of years, has been affected by the high cost of construction materials which has also put a bit of a hold on several construction uh, projects, uh, residential and public. So I think overall you can say that, and as you would expect, the economy and the labor market have recovered in tandem, and most of the jobs came from where you would expect them to come. Despite this recovery, there's still a number of jobs that need to be filled in Greece, whether it's in agriculture, in construction, as you mentioned. How is Greece looking to you know, close this gap? Well, first of all, we have to note that although we are at an unemployment rate of where we were back in 2010, we have 400,000 jobs, less people in jobs than we had back then, which is also to be expected because the labor market is dynamic. Some people you know, retire and they leave the labor force. We have the, you know, the demographic aspect. We know that the Greece labor force is shrinking and the population is aging. So... We have less people in employment than we had at the same rate about 13 years ago. Also, another thing that came up from the research that we did is that majority of the jobs came for Greek citizens, and there was a reduction actually in foreign workers. And this also ties with the latest census that we had from the start, from 2021, which shows that we had roughly 200,000 foreign citizens from Albania, Romania, and Bulgaria that actually left Greece. And many of these people had found jobs in the construction sector. So this takes us back to the discussion that we had earlier, that the labor force in the sector has been shrinking. Without a doubt, you hear everywhere you look that there's a, there are shortages of skill in the labor market. Only recently I saw a, a story that there's about 10,000 courier drivers shortage. And we know there's a lot of shortage also in the farming and agriculture. And this has led certain associations to approach the government and try and find deals with foreign countries to actually bring in foreign workers through you know, normal and legitimate paths, if you want to call it that way. I think without a doubt, Greece has to look into migration to fill those positions. Uh, we have to do this through the proper channels to give incentives to people to come to Greece, to fill certain roles to improve their own standards from their countries and make them attractive 
to come and fill the positions that we can because it's clear that in the current state, the labor market cannot fill those jobs. Yanni, something we often heard during the crisis was the high level of youth unemployment in Greece, which neared 50%. Where do Greece's youth factor into this discussion today? Well, let's start with a positive uh, development that now is probably half that. It's around 25%. I believe the issue is much wider because Greece does not fare very well in the start of youth unemployment that is not even in some internship or some education uh, program. Also, we have to consider the fact that usually most of those youth jobs are either unskilled jobs. They are people who went to the labor force before they completed some education, or many of them are part-time jobs in the tourism industry. So if we combine that with also with the latest PISA results from OECD, where Greece fare really poorly compared to other peers, it's definitely one of the areas that if we want to maximize the potential of, of the youth in the labor market, whether it's for higher skilled jobs or for more manual jobs, we have to make sure that we give them the right framework in order to be able to develop certain skills and will match the skills that the market needs and what the, the, the several education or you know, internship programs are offering. Wrapping up, Yanni, over the last year, Greece's economy has been hailed as one of the fastest growing ones in the Eurozone. You, know, you brought up the recent upgrades in investment grade as well. Looking ahead, how can Greece keep this momentum going to further bring down unemployment? Well, the main area of focus for me now is that we have reached a certain point that traditional sectors have recovered most of the lost ground and they are reaching their full potential. I think what's really important is that we now need to start looking elsewhere. I don't think that the solution is, you know, a large tourist market. I don't think the solution is the golden visa scheme that will fuel the, you know, the property boom. I think we need to see how we can factor in technological advances into our economic process, which is a major challenge because a lot of the, you know, the GDP growth in the Greek economy coming from SMEs and mostly services-driven companies. And it's really hard for these companies to absorb technological advances because they require the human factor. You cannot replace a receptionist with a more efficient technological process. You cannot replace a barista with a more efficient technological progress. So we need to see which are the areas that Greece has the potential to grow faster than the conventional sectors and how this is going to lead to higher productivity and higher competitiveness. Yanni, thanks for joining us. It's been great chatting with you. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. In other news, the U.S. has hit companies in Turkey, the UAE, and China with sanctions as part of a sweeping effort to stop the Russian defense industry easily obtaining sensitive technologies for Vladimir Putin's war in Ukraine. More than 250 entities were covered by the measures, which also reached deep into Russia's war economy, even targeting a provincial bakery refitted to make drones. Washington and Brussels are particularly frustrated that Turkish companies are purchasing dual-use items, which have commercial and military applications from Western suppliers and then re-exporting them to Russia, either directly or through intermediaries in Central Asia and Eastern Europe. Finally, Israel helped Cyprus foil an Iranian-ordered attack against Israelis and Jews on the island. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's office said on Sunday, saying such plots were on the rise since the Gaza war erupted. Netanyahu's office gave no details 
of the planned attack, but said in the statement on behalf of the Mossad intelligence service that Israel was troubled by what it saw as Iranian use of Turkish-occupied Cyprus, both for terrorism objectives and as an operational and transit area. On Sunday, a Cypriot newspaper reported authorities had detained two Iranians for questioning over suspected planning of attacks on Israeli citizens living in Cyprus. That wraps up today's episode of The Greek Current. Thanks for tuning in.